Good evening and welcome to Connecting to Host, probably the best co-op and multiplayer focused gaming podcast on the entire internet. It is quite a niche. <laughs> as long as we're the best at something, that's all that's important. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about Star Wars Battlefront, the old one, not the new one, not the second one. Fight for the Rebellion or the Empire in a wide variety of multiplayer matches for up to 40 players or in exciting challenges inspired by the films available in solo, split-screen or online co-op. You can pick up Star Wars Battlefront for uh, around 25 quid at full price on PC, Xbox One and PS4. If you have an EA Access or Origin Access subscription, then you'll get it as part of that. But it's so frequently on sale at the moment because the sequel is on the way. So, um, and you can even pick up the, the DLC at the moment for free if you happen to own the core game. So, uh, I think that's a time limited thing. I'm not sure, but I think it's time limited. But um, yeah, quite quite a long time limit on it though. It's like yeah. middle of October, I think it ends. When you'll probably have hopped onto the new one, unless you're trying to yeah. pick up a game for a, <laughs> a cheap a cheap game to play. Um, so we both actually started playing it on the Xbox One during the open beta, where we played it for a couple of days, I guess. Yeah. And, um, way back in 2015. Of... Wow, it, it, it was ago. a long time ago. It was. It must have been November because it was just before Episode Seven came out. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 2015. Man, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it didn't, didn't feel that long, but it was. No. <laughs> and then I continued to play it on the PS4 with my usual Friday night gang, uh, and you went off and played it on the Xbox One. So we didn't really play it together that much then. Uh, and then we both recently picked it up on the PC as part of the Origin Access and uh, got to try it out in ultra-wide with our 1080p, <laughs> 1080 GTX 1080s. So, uh, yeah, it's been a, we've played it on pretty much everything, which is kind of cool. Uh, yes. Well, to be honest, we've not actually played it that much together. Together, we've probably played it for about, what, five hours, maybe even less. Mm. But together... Overall, we've probably played it for over 100 hours because I've definitely played it for about 60 or 70. Yeah, and I think I must have got 30 or 40 out of it, mostly yeah. on the PS4, but um, yeah. now a bit more recently on the PC. So. Cool. Do you want to tell us uh, a bit about the game, Ben? Yeah, so it's it's a bit of a weird one because it's one of those annoying modern things where it's actually the third Battlefront game, but they've just called it Star Wars Battlefront because it's like a reboot uh, because I think this is the first one that was done by EA and it's mm. all done with the Frostbite engine in DICE uh, which is I mean <laughs> visually amazing it, it does look really good but I, I have a core memory of playing the earlier versions of this game yeah. back in 2005 I don't know if yes, you remember too? it but uh, yeah I imagine it was um, we basically had all booked tickets uh, at XD University to go to the midnight opening of episode 3 we we didn't know better and <laughs> in the day we watched episodes four five six one two and then played battlefront until midnight when we went to the cinema to then watch episode three and then i think that's probably more <laughs> battlefront afterwards to erase it from our minds uh, so I, I was always very fond of this game um and i mean it's it's basically first person shooter in the star wars universe that's the, the summary of the game um 
but roughly for this game, I mean, first of all, the key point is that there is no single player campaign. Uh, there are a few cooperative missions which could be played offline with two people. You can also play them online, but there's no like campaign or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the real meat of this thing is the online multiplayer, which has a ton of modes, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. I mean, the majority is pretty standard fare. You've got weapon selections, and loadouts that you unlock as you level up. Uh, they've got this star card system where you can take specific power-ups into battle, like jump packs, ion grenades... There's like power-ups lying around the place. You can get blaster turrets, thermal detonators. Um, you can even jump into vehicles like the AT-AT or the TIE Fighter or become a specific hero like Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Emperor Palpatine, just to name a few. Um, there's also various multiplayer modes, so you can go from 6v6 to huge 20v20 supremacy matches. So there's a, a huge swathe of multiplayer to enjoy here, but I mean, the multiplayer really is the core of it. Um, yeah. They've done, I think, five pieces of DLC, uh, which are all currently free, as you mentioned, and they add... Basically, they're all the same. They all either add maps and characters. So you get things like Jakku, uh, the Cloud City of Bespin, the Death Star, um, added heroes. They've put in things like Chewbacca, Greedo, Lando, Hello, what have we here? <laughs> Calrissian. Um, they even added a Rogue One expansion pack that added the planet of Scarif and some of the characters from the film. But interestingly, there's nothing from Episode 7 or Episode 8, because it's beyond its time, um, apart from a battle on Jakku, which is actually set just after Episode 6. So it's very thematically Episodes 4, 5, 6. There's also mm. nothing from the prequels. You're not going to fight on uh, Mastafar or um, Coruscant or anything like that. It's all very much Episodes 4, 5, 6, and then this little Rogue One piece. One thing um, uh, worth mentioning is that there's a few of the I mean, maps and scenarios where you only play in the aerial craft, right? There's a couple yes. which are set kind of in space with the the Star Destroyer in the background. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's uh, obviously no FPS ground play on those maps. You just, just fly around no. your TIE fighters and destroy other X-Wings. So. I mean, it's worth mentioning, and we'll probably get to it later when we talk about the graphics and stuff. But one of the things I love about this game is that the sky is always filled with stuff mm. going on. Like You really feel like you're in a war zone because even when you're on Hoth and you've got like... 20v20 plus a shit ton of AI things, AT-ATs, Y-wings. Above you in the sky, you'll just see lasers flashing across as people are like fighting star destroyers or whatever else is coming across. There's always something going on in the background. Um, interestingly, I, I didn't actually know about this until I did a little bit of research before recording this, but there is a virtual reality exclusive mission called Rogue One X-Wing VR Mission, mm. um, and that was released for free on the PSVR um, although it doesn't look like it's ever going to be released on PC. They've got pretty good exclusivity on that. Um, yeah, bastards. I've heard it's really good. I mean, it's it's apparently very short. I mean, you play it for 10 minutes or whatever, but... It, yeah, I mean, it's a free experience, Very good, isn't it? very good, from what I've heard. And then kind of I'd almost tied into that, I'd lump it into the same category. There is a mobile app um, for Android and iOS that you can use to keep track of your character and their abilities and loadouts and stuff. Um, and I tried it a few times, and it's it's definitely better than Splatoon 2's shitty <laughs> Splatnet web app, which isn't hard. Uh, but I, I don't really see the, see the point for these second screen apps. Um, interestingly, this one actually has like a full iOS game built into it called Base Command, which <laughs> like unlocks all these different credits and stuff that you can then 
backport into the game. But it's one of those things that you look at it, and if I was sat playing it, I'd be like, why the fuck am I playing this when I could be playing Battlefront? It's yeah, like, yeah. Like the kind of people that are interested in playing an iOS real-time strategy game are not the kind of people that want to play a visually delicious first-person shooter. Generally, um, I don't feel there's much crossover, so it's an interesting design choice. But uh, I quite like it when a game has uh, so the Destiny game i guess it probably has it for destiny 2 now now that it's out but the original destiny you could just look at your characters look at your inventory and and check up a few things so now and then when you're out and about and you are talking about your character or something you found you could you could pull out your phone and have a look but that was enough you know for me that's like that's kind of cool i'm not gonna use it tons and tons but generally every time i've found a game that's a shooter with a companion app i've downloaded it and every now and then especially when you're learning the game you're like I unlocked three or four weapons last night. I don't know anything about them and I never use them. Maybe I'll check them on my phone because then I'll know what I've got and I'll be able to pick it before next time I play. So I I have made use of those little apps a little bit, but I certainly haven't gone in them hoping to play a game. No. <laughs> this is weird. I, I, I don't want to get into the weeds on this, but the only one of those that I've ever liked was the original Titanfall had a iPad companion app. It was a separate app. It wasn't Smart Glass. It was a separate app where you got the entire map on the yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. And that was really useful because the map was actually tiny in the corner on uh, Titanfall. So it was nice to have a massive map which showed you the full overview and where everyone was and stuff. And I really liked that, but I've never really liked these little check your loadout type things. But uh, in any case, t- tell us about the multiplayer modes, Jada. Tell us. Yeah, there's a bucket ton of them. So I'll try and skip through them pretty quick. So uh, the supremacy mode is uh, the big 20v20, I'd say like the capstone battle mode for the game, uh, which you play over 10 minutes. And there are five control points where you have to capture them all to win, essentially. So uh, you work your way through them one at a time. You have to do them in order, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, it's a bit of a tug of war, which I quite liked. I think I really got into it when they released the Jakku DLC. Uh, yeah. Maybe they even released a game mode with that. I'm not sure if it was there before. I remember playing it a lot from that point onwards. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think you're, cool. you're thinking of the turning point uh, mode oh, as well. Jakku, yes. which is kind of like Walker Assault, but it was the Jakku one. But it was very similar that you had the hard points that you had to capture in a certain order. So it's not like hard point in Titanfall where you have A, mm. B, C. No, you're right. You're obviously, right. if you have point. B and C, someone can steal A. Whereas in this, if you've got points one, two, three, four. They have to take point four before they can take point three before they can take point two. So, as you say, tug of war is a, a good description for it. Mm. But then there's the the Walker assault, which is another twenty v twenty battle, which is really impressive. I've got to say, when you've got that many guys running around the screen, it's it feels pretty cool to see a horde of rebels or the Imperials marching down towards you. But um, but there that is really cool because it's thematic based on the the Hoth defense. So um, the Imperials get the the ATATs that stomp through the battle right, and you have to call in the Y wings at certain points. So you accrue Y wings by basically winning the battle for certain periods. And at the end of each wave or each third of the map, the Y wings come in and they can be used to bomb the ATATs, and you have to destroy the ATATs before they reach your base. So that's an interesting. Again, another interesting game mode, which was a bit different to most other games. There was a real problem with that, which is that the Y-Wings aren't like automatic. Like You call them in, but it's going to be some 
dude on your team. Yeah. So if they've not flown before, which is common because the flying is very different to the rest of the game. So quite often, the first time that people experienced flight was in one of these walker assault <laughs> missions. And they'd be like, whoa, and they're why things inverted, crash it. And it's like, oh, because as soon as the walkers get to your base, you lose. And so there was like a huge controversy at the beginning of this game where everyone complained that if you were the rebels on Walker Assault, you'd never win. And that was certainly mm. true when we played it. Like we yeah. fought hard, but the Imperials always win. <laughs> always. <laughs> like very, very rarely they don't if you've got people that are really good at flight, but generally they always win. Yeah. Uh, then there's the cargo mode, which was a smaller 6 by. Uh, 6v6 mode, which I only played a couple of times. Uh, But in that, you have to capture five pieces of cargo. uh, And the team who has the most cargo in the base at the end of the match wins the round. So I guess this is the closest that Battlefront has to a capture the flag mode. Um, But it's a a very similar, very similar affair with some slightly different rules. Uh, Then there's a, a droid run mode. Which I literally played once, I think. It just didn't click with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, another 6v6. Yeah, I just remember it. I didn't dislike it, but there's so many modes. And uh, I think primarily I just like to play the more the, the blast or the walker or something. But um, yeah, 6v6 objective battle where you have to capture and hold three, three droids that are wandering around the map. Um, and this is very similar to Hardpoint in Titanfall. Uh, then there's blast mode, which is a 10v10 battle where you score points for kills. Simple as that. I guess this is as close as you can get to the... Because in the old, old, old Battlefront games, you basically just had 100 guys, right? I mean, you'd only ever have <laughs> yeah. 8 or 16 on the map, for you know, 8 on each side on the map. But it was based on the premise of, you know, your army is 100 guys. You have to kill the other 100 guys first. And that was the way they did it. And this doesn't count them down it counts up like points for kills but i I guess in that way it's actually pretty similar um and it obviously runs out after 10 minutes or so if you uh if you haven't managed to kill a hundred bad guys it's basically i mean i I never like to always compare everything to titanfall but it's the closest touchstone (laughs) i have because it's the only first person shooter i really play but uh it's basically attrition isn't it it's just team versus team and there's a shit ton of stuff some of it's ai some of it isn't i mean in this instance you're all human but yeah it's 10, 10 v 10 is, is still pretty meaty for uh for a first person shooter i mean it's not the 20 v 20 of the walker assault but it's still pretty significant 20 people and i think the maps on the smaller numbers were typically smaller or they did some all those game modes do something like having focal points you have to get the cargo for instance which draw you together more mm. so um it never felt like it. It really, rarely felt like the map was empty and you can't find anyone in any of these game modes. The, um, the blast mode is very similar to Splatoon Two, where you get like a natural, uh, what I like to call like a front or a no man's land, mm. where there is a a very natural border happens. So the one that I always remember in Blast is there's like a, a hangar on Hoth, I think, and there's always just one bit where people are stuck in a corridor chucking grenades down it, and everyone's <laughs> trying to run up the corridor to shoot the people, yeah. and they're sort of like wait for all the grenades, then run up and then dodge the blasters and shoot, and you get these very natural sticking points of action mm. so it, it, yeah. it works yeah it's uh it nearly always felt like there was something going on and you knew where it was which is nice mm. uh, so then there's the drop zone 
uh, drop zone mode, which is 8v8. You'll notice they all have slightly different numbers just to make it confusing. <laughs> um, where drop pods land on the map. And this is something which also happens in the co-op game modes, these little drop pods thump into the ground from the sky. Uh, but in this zone, uh, in this mode, then you need to capture them. So uh, you have to stand by them for a certain amount of time. You capture them and a number of power-ups power kind of pop out. And the first team to open five drop pods wins the game. Then there's Heroes versus Villains, which is a 6v6 battle mode where three of the players on the team at the beginning of a round will be given a hero or a villain. So that'll be a, a team of heroes and a team of villains. Uh, I found this really frustrating, to be honest, because you either got to be Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader or a mook. And obviously, if you're a mook, <laughs> you just get your ass handed to you. So it's like, oh, great, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the heroes battle it out. Um, the heroes I found across the board were just a little bit overpowered. I mean, they're meant to be right because they're heroes, but when you see one, you're like, Ugh. I think they're uh, totally, utterly wank, but I'm going to get to that yeah. later on. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's a hero hunt mode, which is an eight-player game mode, which I guess is essentially kind of a 7v1 because a random player is made into the hero or villain each round and everyone else is out to kill them. So that shows you the balance, I guess. <laughs> it's expected that one hero will kill seven people. So, um, And the points are actually I, I, allocated on the damage done, right? So, I mean, the hero has to survive as long as possible. Um, yeah, again, not to compare it to Titanfall, but it is... Um, what's that mode called? Not Pilot Hunter. It was called... Oh, what was it called? Yeah, it's the one where yeah, they literally... A shows you and it's like he, he's over there go kill him <laughs> and like you all run after him um and yeah i can't remember what it's called i want to say it's not last man standing but it's something man like that. Hunter, or it's man hunter, hunter or something right something um, like that something like that yeah but um, like but in this i guess the, the one character gets uh it's quite a boost. i mean better boosting i think in titanfall you would get like a map hack or something permanently right but in this yeah you get fucking superpowers and you can <laughs> you get throw a your lightsaber around yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless is, you're Leia cool. and then you get a shield but yes <laughs> you never Not want to fun. be Leia in a hero mode <laughs> <laughs> oh I got this um, little shield yay the shitty blaster <laughs> and then there's fighter squadron mode which we mentioned before but that's where you have only aerial vehicles so 10v10 aerial vehicle battle and they kind of have heroes as well they have the slave one or the millennium falcon which you can you pick up a little token and then when you pick it up you can you can use the the hero ship uh, and there's a whole bunch of ai ships flying around which is really cool because it really adds to the atmosphere like you're outside of a star destroyer watching all the the hordes of tie fighters coming out so that's pretty cool it's uh, very they, wars yeah yeah and then they have the transport ships that move through and one team will have to defend them while the other team has to try to de destroy them before they get to a certain point. Um, and each team gives you two regular ships. So it's X-Wings and Y-Wings, right, for the Rebels or the TIE Fighters and the... Aha, uh -huh, A-Wings, yeah, you're right. Um, or it's the TIE and Fighters and the kind of advanced TIE Fighters. Yeah, TIE Bombers, um, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that's a lot of game modes, as you can tell, but all multiplayer variants, so like PvP variants. I'll, I'll talk about the co-op briefly. I mean, I guess the co-op's difficult. I mean, it has no single player, 
realistically, but they have this system called missions, which is basically you can play it on your own or you can play it with two players. And the two players can be locally, so if you've got like two mm. Xbox controllers or two PS4 controllers or whatever, or you can do it online. So we did it online on the Xbox beta. I believe we had uh, a couple of survival modes on Tatooine, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, so first of all, there are five training missions. Um, and these are really suited to one player. Like, there's no point in doing this with two players. And they no, basically teach short. you very short. They teach you the basics of the different modes. So there's one where you fly. Um, oh, what's that? Canyon, Beggars Canyon. You fly through Beggars Canyon, shooting Womp Rats, and then some Tie Fighters and stuff. Um, which is pretty cool, but it's really just needs to be one player. If you've got two players, it doesn't. Matter, I think it makes it harder, right? I don't, it's a long time ago, but I have this did. feeling like you have to do it in a certain time. But obviously, when there's two of you, you have to both do it under that certain time, and I you mean, get in each other's way. So we, we, we both know that I'm a total chivo whore, um, and there is <laughs> there is an achievement for doing the Beggars Canyon running under a certain mm. amount of time, but you need it with two players. And so I made my wife <laughs> start a game with her controller, and then I just controlled it for her. <laughs> Because <laughs> it was easier <laughs> than getting her to try and do it. Um, but yeah, the, the five training missions are bollocks, really. I mean, mm. there's one where you get to play as Palpatine and you go around just like killing people with your shot cans to show you how hero modes work. There's the flight one. There's one where you're flying around on a. Um, what are those bikes that go whoop? In the speeders. Or, speeders, that's one. Um, which is awesome. I mean, it's really cool, but they're like four minutes long and you're like. Ah, yeah, they're not challenging game, either, are they? Awesome. No. So the other part, the, the part that you will actually play, dear listener, uh, the co-op, is the four survival modes. Um, so there are literally four maps. Um, you survive 15 waves of enemies. Um, and the nice thing is you can choose from all of the weapons and loadouts in the game. Like you don't have to just do the ones you've unlocked in the multiplayer mode. You get access to everything. So it's a good way of trying stuff out before you've unlocked it. Um, and there's like a shared pool of lives. So you have two lives between you. So if I die twice and come back to life, then John gets nothing. Mm, um, yeah. And there's no like revive mechanic or anything like that. And it's good, but it is repetitive very, very quickly. because The arenas were pretty small, right? The arenas are small. The waves are pretty much always the same. It's like, oh, some mooks. Oh, some more mooks. Some mooks with rockets. More rocket mooks. Oh, an ATST. <laughs> oh, blah 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 blah. And it's just like, uh, um, they try to liven it up a bit by adding like this star rating thing where if you kill in a certain time frame or you find some collectibles that are just lying around because you know when you're trying to fight off fifteen waves of stormtroopers, <laughs> you're searching around in Endor to find some fucking collectible wallpaper. Yeah. Um, not dying stuff like that so it has a little bit like if you really wanted to get to five stars each but there's only four maps so it's like you could probably you know spaff it out in an hour it's not a huge chunk of content it's nothing it's pointless Um, and it was a shame because it was potentially it could have been a horde mode like thing which is a bit more challenging and a bit more variation but it just didn't hit the mark it was no i mean like honestly would we rather play horde mode on this or would we rather play salmon run in splatoon 2 like yeah for me personally splatoon, right i love star wars but i'd rather play splatoon 2 salmon run because it's a yeah. bit more random you don't know what's going to happen it's a bit more there's four people for a start not just two 
Like, yeah, why that was gonna, a big why, killer too. Why are you going to have two people in Tatooine fighting off like <laughs> 200 members of the Empire? It makes no sense. It's pointless. So, um, yeah, so that's co-op. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> let's just go on to a few more of the game specifics. So, um, just a, yeah, a more stuff, stuff that's like... To, uh... t- tell us about the stuff that is basically the same across all modes, like all the different weapons yeah. and shit. So, uh, as you mentioned, there's a whole bunch of different weapons you can get from blaster pistols to rifles to rocket launchers and sniper rifles. Uh, what's pretty different about this game is that you don't have ammunition, so you never have to worry about running out of ammo. Uh, the weapons do overheat, so if you fire too fast in quick succession, then uh, you get a little almost Gears of War-like cooling cycle. Uh, and you can, where if you push the button at just the right time, you can vent it early. Otherwise, you just have to wait the full three or four seconds for it to, to cool, and then you can start firing again. And that's kind of that's kind of interesting. I still find myself when I'm playing on PC constantly mashing the R button between fights to try yeah. and reload because that's just <laughs> the reflex of an FPS. But um, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it will it will cool down anyway. But it's kind of nice that you don't have to. Oh, I've carrying for some reason. I'm out in the battlefield and I'm carrying ninety bullets, like three clips. You know, I'm expecting to kill ten people, uh, and it's going to be two people per clip, maybe because I'm not going to hit every bullet. Uh, but there's still bullet sponges. Yet I've only got enough clips to kill like three people. Hmm. And I constantly, um, after maybe sixty hours of play of this game, I still reflexively take cover <laughs> so I can reload, and that's like yeah. I don't need to. Or the normal, and you, can, and you can just hold the button down, and it'll just go boom, 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 and fire as fast as it can, which is sometimes better than trying to click or tap as quick as you can because it yeah. will actually fire quicker because you, they all have different, you know, uh, refresh rates, I guess, whatever you'd call it. But um, it, it is different to most every other game where you're used to shooting bullets. Yeah, and I, I, I really enjoyed about it. I did like it, and while there's a lot of guns, I didn't. The one thing. I felt it was a criticism was they didn't really feel that different um, no. because they all fired little laser. Yeah, there were faster ones and shorter range and long range ones, but because they all fired these, you know, red laser bolts, I don't know. They never felt that different. I was, I I found two or three weapons that I would switch between, and never use anything else because I'm like, I don't really know the difference between these four rifles or these nine pistols. <laughs> I just know that I think this one, the internet tells me, is the best, so I will use this one. Um, Plus, it takes yeah. fucking forever to unlock them anyway. <laughs> oh, it does, yeah. Um, and they change things like the amount of damage or the the amount of time you can shoot them. There mm. are nuances between them. But like you say, because the graphic is the same in terms of the shooting, um, because the weapons are actually different depending on whether you're Rebel or Imperial, which screws me over every time. Sometimes I, when I'm in Imperial, I'm like, oh, I use the blaster rifle because I prefer that to their pistol. And so... I start the game, and I'm like, why have I got a rifle? I want a pistol. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm Imperial. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's not like Titanfall where you have, it doesn't matter what side you are, everything's the same. They are different yeah, yeah. for each side as well, which some people will love because it's like, oh, there's a lot of nuance and it's a bit different, and other people will hate because it's like, I wish it was just consistent and I could use the same gun all the time, but there it yeah. is. Right, let's crack on. So um, next up, there's the star card system where before the battle you can pick three cards to make up your hand. Uh, one of them is chargeable, so it's um, you'll find little charges on the map and you can, you fairly infrequently, but you find them now and then, and then you can use the ability to increase your damage for 20 seconds or usually a slightly bigger or longer term effect, while the other two are ones where you can use them once and then they recharge over time. 
Uh, so for instance, there's a bowcaster or an ion grenade or other other grenade-like weapons. Uh, that's just a fairly simple loadout system, which helps you build your, your characters. Uh, then there's a bunch of power-ups that you find around the map. And these are generally little glowing tokens that float around. So um, you, you run through one and you're like, ha-ha, I found a power-up. And uh, you figure out what it is, hopefully, and it will sit underneath your your weapons and your star cards in the corner of the screen. Uh, and they, they range from, they nearly always, well, I think they are always one-use things, uh, ranging from kind of a more powerful grenade or a automatic turret that you can drop, calling in all orbital strike or even the you get now get to respawn as luke skywalker or you get to respawn in an x-wing so uh they're pretty cool when you find them and they're definitely worth hunting down and they mix up the game that's generally where the the heroes and the the ships come in which is kind of cool so um then to encourage you to grind and play more and more uh, because all of these <laughs> things cost an awful lot of credits in the game um there are challenges, so you can have up to three goals at a time. And when you hit that goal, you'll get a bunch of credits. So it might be get 25 kills with a specific rifle, capture 10 drop pods, get a five kill streak or something. Um, and if you think you've got one that you definitely can't do, then you can drop a bunch of cash to get rid of it and get another one. Although I did that the other day and I got a worse one, which was like, oh man. <laughs> I spent like a thousand credits the other day. It was like, get 25 kills in cargo run. It's like, don't play that mode. Next. It's like, get 10 kills in water assault. Next. Get five <laughs> kills and thing. Next. And I spent like a thousand credits. And then the one I got was like, get 10 kills with blast rifle. And I did it. It's like, here's your reward 50 credits. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Harsh, harsh, man. I mean, it's good. It just kind of encourages you to play other modes. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not, not really. they're not game breaking if you ignore them basically I mean no. I generally did the ones I had that I could do and didn't worry about the rest and yeah it's nice to get a little bonus now and then uh, the last thing I think worth mentioning are the hut contracts so um, essentially just different challenges that you can do that are generally a bit more involved but when you complete them you unlock a specific gun so instead of just getting credits which you can accrue and spend on star cards and guns and costumes uh, they would just unlock a gun. Wait, yeah, it's kind of a nice addition. That came in one of the DLCs, right? That wasn't there at the start. Yeah, so. and it unlocks like weapons that you don't have yet. So like there might be a weapon that you get at level 32 or something. But if mm. you do a hut contract level 14, you might be able to unlock it in advance. So it's kind of like Titanfall 2 in the way that you can buy a specific weapon before you're supposed to get it. It's kind of yeah. like that mechanic, but it's a bit more random than that because you don't get to choose what you get. You have to... Oh, oh, I suppose you can because I think you can pay a shit ton of coins to say, mm, yeah, to buy no, it anyway. I don't want this one. I want the other challenge and just cycle through them like we just said. But um, it's still pretty good. To be honest, yeah. I've not tried it because I've not got to level 14 in the PC mode. So <laughs> I've not tried it since they added it, but it looks yeah. good. Yeah, always nice to give you some other things to do in these sorts of games. A bit of meta game to play, right? Anything that has Jabba the Hutton is good with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right, let's move on to our likes and dislikes. So let's I'm going to kick it off with... Uh, it, you can't, we can't not say it given the, uh, the visuals that you see on all of the videos and the gameplay. But I mean, this game is gorgeous. So whether you're playing it on console or PC with 
presumably anywhere on the require yeah you know required settings i think you're going to be looking at a gorgeous game for your hardware runs really well you get a lot of really cinematic cool stuff going on like you were saying with the space battles in the sky you kind of look yeah. up and oh shit there's a little star destroyer with little tie fighters flying around it even when you're on a land battle and it doesn't really matter it's just it these are oh, they evoke the feeling of the film so well that's that's exactly right evoking the feeling of the film you really feel like you're there in one of these things and one of the nicest things is all the star wars audio that clips into that so mm. it starts off with little things like the blasters sound correct um you've got things like little droids that go around going bloop, 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 the sound <laughs> right and then suddenly you hear the roar of a tie fighter going Whoa, as it goes over and it's like oh it's so good but one of the really nice touches is when you're playing something like uh walker assault or supremacy or even in drop pods once the tide has turned and you're starting to win the music just swells up so if you're playing mm. as imperial you suddenly just go bam 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 and you sort of you psychologically feel yourself pushing harder like you, it really energizes yeah. you in the moment of it and it really makes it feel film like it is so evocative uh, isn't it it's great uh, truly definitely without a doubt one of the best star wars games i mean yeah. there are a lot of shit star wars games um <laughs> looking at you galactic battlegrounds the skin of civilization <laughs> too but um this along with something like knights of the old republic is like one of those games that really feels star wars yeah yeah there is no question about that and i like i say i mean whether you're on hoth or uh, endor or any of the places they they just look and feel and sound exactly like you would expect from the film. I mean, they have done a cracking job. Uh, and add on top of that, the stunning fidelity of the graphics. I mean, it, yeah. I, that, one of my... that was why I bought it, basically. <laughs> and, one of... you know, it was a good game, but that was why I bought it. Yeah. One of my favourite effects in the game is the thermal detonator, mm. which is a grenade you throw, and then it just goes... And everything goes silent. It just goes... <laughs> and it sounds exactly like the ones that... Um, Django Fett fires against Obi-Wan in uh, episode two, which in the director's commentary, um, they apparently said to John Williams, yeah, there's going to be no soundtrack in this part. And he was like, what the fuck? What do you mean there's going to be no soundtrack in this bit? And they're like, no, it needs to be silent so that these thermal detonators sound really good. And they do. And even now playing it, as soon as I chuck one of those, it, it feels heavy. And yeah. Like all, the, all the blasters the have thermal like a really good right? sound. I think it's the imploder that makes that kind of... Yeah. And then... <laughs> It's like sucking thing, in air and then it explodes. I believe, and I'm going to nerd out with some Star Wars stuff here. Um, I believe the only time we ever saw it was episode two. But in episode six, Leia threatens Jabba with one. Because she's <laughs> holding it when she goes mm. to rescue Han. But never actually detonates it. But you see it. And that's the image they use on the star card that you yeah. collect for it. But yeah, that, that sounds so weighty and so great. And mm. I love that sound effect. Yeah. It's it's worth it. It's worth the £25 for that sound effect. I'd go, <laughs> I would go that far. Right, your next like. Good oh, yeah, sorry. Out. So um, I would say, uh, I mean, I've, I've literally just said it just then, but basically there is a, a huge amount of weapons and power-ups that you unlock. I like the gradual unlocking of stuff. It makes you feel like you're working towards something, which I think we discussed in other games that I felt a little bit more... I, I need something to grind towards, especially in a first-person <laughs> shooter, because 
this fuck all story here so i need something to keep me interested um and so it's nice to have stuff to work towards um particularly mm. the one that you will like nearly everybody will get to level 13 because that's when you get the jump pack and that's basically a jet pack that you press a button and you go with a nice sound effect and you fly up in the air and it's it's awesome yeah that's basically bump. a given right once you get to yeah. 13 you use it for at least a while oh yeah the, the bubble fed jump pack that's just that's stuck in my <laughs> left hand card slot that'll never disappear um so yeah huge huge amount of choice it's nice and i always uh i always tout variety as something i like in these games and there are a lot of game modes i mean they're not all going to be for everyone but even so when we play we dart between them hey let's have a nice big 20 by 20 battle let's do some space battles only in fighter squadron maybe we can try the turning point on jakku or eh, let's just settle for some blast but you know there's it's nice that you can mix it up even if there's not even if they don't all hit home with you, I'm sure you'll find uh, find three or four that you really like, and you can you can cycle through them. It's nice to mix it up a little bit. Kind of to pick up on that, one of my favourite modes is kind of like almost like the runt of the litter. It's like the only one that's different to all the rest, which is the fighter squadron mode. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love it is because it feels like a completely different game. Like it kind of feels like you're playing. Um, what was that, what was that game on uh, the GameCube? x-wing fighter squadron or something like that i forget i remember they got really impressed because they were like oh yeah we got we got a super star destroyer and it's made of one million polygons and everyone was like (laughs) holy shit a million polygons and now it's like yeah the the face of r2d2's got two million polygons in this game probably (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like completely arbitrary measure um but the fighter squadron mode i absolutely love i probably played half the time that i played in this game in fighter squadron mm. mode because i loved flying around in the um tie fighter just the sound of it really yeah as you said just evokes star wars and you sort of get this nice as you crane around and someone's flying around as the millennium falcon you're trying to take them down and then shoot down some tie fighters it's it's wonderful. It's a really, really good mode. Um, and it, it genuinely feels like a different game because it's not a first-person yeah. shooter at that point. It's an aerial third-party, third-person view battle. It's um, it's very strange. I, and I they've got correct. the controls down quite nicely on that. I mean, it's not easy to control. Like It's, it's, not, it's not intuitive, hard, but it's not super easy. But you have the kind of targeting and tracking, so it's not impossible either. It's just a nice balance of, yeah, you need a bit of skill to do this well. Um, but you can kill the AI reasonably easy and then you have to have some challenge against the players, which is how it should be, so you can enjoy yourself yeah. in this mode. Just, um, I, I should correct myself one point there, this isn't actually a first-person shooter because you can, in nearly every mode, I think apart from the hero modes, which are always third-person, mm. um, all the other modes you can choose between first-person and third-person. And I think I nearly always played in third-person, so oh. it's... um. I always play first. It's not a first-person shooter necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly isn't if you want to play heroes. (laughs) One more thing I wanted to mention as a like before we move on, and that's the the kind of co-op. They've added a few little features to make co-op a little bit more fun. So there's the... When you're higher level than me, like you started playing it on PC before me, Mm. and I didn't really have any star cards I could pick, I could take your hand which is quite nice. So I could just say, you know what? I'll play with whatever my partner's using for his cards. 
so that was really nice because it meant I got a hand of cards even though I was playing it early on because I could just copy your loadout. And the other thing that's nice is you can spawn on your your squad mate. So when you start the game, you partner up with a with a buddy, and if you die and they're not directly in combat or super super bad danger, then you can choose just to spawn behind them, which is nice because it means you get to stick together. In a lot of games, you stick together for the first kill, and then you realise you're yeah. on opposite ends of the map. You're like, ah, whatever. But in this, you can genuinely, oh, okay, I died. Go and find some cover somewhere. Ah, oh, now spawn behind you, and we can go around as a little duo again. So that's quite nice. I mean. It's still not like a true co-op game or anything, but it was nice that they put a little touch or two in so that you did stick together more and it felt like we were playing a bit more teamwork here than Titanfall. Not like hugely, yeah, but absolutely. more than Titanfall. So And you, you nice. get the same thing like in the mini-map. There's like a big yellow marker to show where your partner is mm. so you can get to them relatively easily, which is you know, pretty much part of the course nowadays. But the star card thing is nice. Um, yeah. Speaking of sporting and stuff, I'm, I'm going to jump into the dislikes. And this has the usual sort of like EA first person shooter dice system battlefield thing where it spawns you just a little bit too close to the action for my liking. <laughs> so in Supremacy, for example, where you've got 20v20, you spawn, you die, you spawn, you die, you spawn, you die, you spawn, you shoot at someone you miss, they kill you, you die, you spawn, <laughs> you die. And it's just like a constant like, oh, for fuck's sake. And it's one of those games where you look at it and you get to the end and it's like, yeah, I got five kills in that game and I died 28 times. Wow. Okay. There is um, there is a kind of fairly interesting solution to that and that is uh, not being shit. No. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to say that, motherfucker. <laughs> but that's my point. It's like, in in I, again, I keep going back to it, but in Titanfall, oh, Titanfall's so great. I fucking love Titanfall. I've played, played 300 hours. In Titanfall, when you spawn, you spawn quite a long way back from the action, and then you take like 20 seconds to get there, and then you take your pot shots. Mm. Whereas in this, you're literally like, quite often you would spawn, and then you instantly die. Like, I have spawned underneath the foot of an 8080 before, <laughs> or where someone's doing a bombing run in a TIE fighter or something, and it's like, come on, you could spawn me somewhere a little bit better than that like i get that you want me to be in the action and for it to be like this enveloped saving private ryan mm. kind of feel but put me two seconds away like give me a chance <laughs> to fucking get my bearings before i get a laser in the face um it seems a little bit harsh a little bit yeah. harsh sometimes yeah. uh one of the things that we we quite often avoid shooters on the pc both because i think they're um generally a bit more hardcore and maybe we don't always put that many hours in so i think we are it's a little bit easier to get ahead on the console but also because of cheaters and i was kind of hoping that when we came to this game recently the cheaters would have left and or they they kind of done enough work to to minimize the impact but it was no <laughs> I mean, yeah we played five or six matches in one night and four of them had this same fucking guy who was running around at the top and uh Clearly cheating because he's like jumping in the air and getting headshots, and you know he had forty-two kills and zero deaths by the end of it. And you're like, yeah, that's just bullshit. Um, the, the difficulty with it as well is that there is a certain sowing of negative seeds, whereby mm. in a console game, if you lose to someone that's better than you, you can say, ah, oh, that was bullshit, that was lucky, blah blah <laughs> blah. But you can very rarely say they cheated because 
kind of doesn't work that way. Whereas on PC, the default is just to go, yeah, they cheated. So yeah. for all I know, that guy had been playing for 2,000 hours and was actually just really amazing at it. And But the default reaction of everybody is to say he's cheating because he beat you. And so at a certain point, you're not sure whether it's someone that's cheating <laughs> or it's a bruised ego. And then everyone goes, oh, he's cheating, oh, he's fucking cheating, yeah, cheat, 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 cheat. And then everyone reports them. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of like a insidious negativity, which... <laughs> Like, I don't care if they're cheating or they're good. It really doesn't matter if they beat me because I still feel like shit because they beat me. But it's kind of just you get this negative swell of discussion that just makes you feel grubby and just go, you know what? I'd rather just play something else. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Which is a shame. Um, I- I'll just mention very quickly because we've-, we've been going on long enough about this game. But in dislikes, the heroes, I think, are fucking shit. I hate the heroes. <laughs> um, there are a number of things I hate about it. One, they're ridiculously overpowered, which, yeah, it's part of the Star Wars universe. You want to be Anakin doing the whole Mustafa. <laughs> no! <laughs> Cutting people up. Not the younglings. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is, because <laughs> it's third person, or even from a first person, when you see Luke, the animation just looks utterly shitty it looks like terence and philip it's like <laughs> amateur hour because when you have a stormtrooper doing like a strafey left right jump jump pack it's kind of permissible but when you mm. see luke skywalker strafe jumping around the place and his arms aren't moving with his knees and so he's just like <laughs> he's like a fucking line dancer with his legs apart just sprinting up and down like zebedee from the magic roundabout <laughs> what i like to say but just drumming people down it just looks fucking stupid <laughs> and it kind of it kills like we, we talked at length about how immersive and evocative this game is and then when you see skywalker just hoe downing around the place he just looks a twat um <laughs> when you when you've seen darth vader teabag someone that's when you're done with this game but i've also I got just, a I don't know, I'm in two minds on the from a game design on this because on the one side it is cool, but in um, Titanfall you earn the ability over time, so everyone gets a fair chance to be in a Titan. Whereas in yeah. this, it's the person who runs the pickup quickest every time, and the people who know where they are get the pickups over and over, and you never get a chance to be Luke Skywalker. So it's a double whammy. Not only do you get killed seven times in a row by Luke Skywalker, you don't even get to play him because someone else finds the fucking pickup every time first. So it's like... Huh. Whereas at least in Titanfall, when you get crushed by a Titan five or six times, you get to be in a Titan soon and do the same back to someone else. So that was my biggest gripe with it, is that it is kind of cool. And if it was more fairly distributed per, by the players on the team, I think I'd enjoy it more. But it's frustrating when you just constantly see these heroes or villains and you never get to be them. It's like, ah. But, so, but let's move on to our... From a storytelling perspective as well, all heroes in the Star Wars universe are not equal. Like... Mm. Palpatine should be able to kill everyone. Palpatine versus Han Solo is not a fair <laughs> fight. Like, oh, Han Solo's amazing. Oh, you can shoot him with a pistol. He can shoot fucking electric out of his hands. Like, yeah. There is no contest between Palpatine and anyone else. Leia has a shield. That is all she has <laughs> over a normal soldier. And it's like, ugh, why is she massacring huge swathes of people? But um, anyway... Uh, Final comments, my, I mean, it's not relevant to this podcast, but the single player is utterly shit. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, it's very much the Titanfall effect, or maybe even Splatoon 1, where they've gone, hey, let's make this amazing multiplayer game. Oh, yeah, people might want to play it single player. Well, let's shoehorn in this shit mode. Um, and it's terrible. Um, but the sequel is determined to fix it. Battlefront 2 has a honest-to-goodness campaign. Um, and if it's half as good as Titanfall 2 managed to do with a single player, then it should be very good indeed. But yeah, we'll Hopefully see. Hopefully the but, campaign will be cut up as well. I'm not sure. I have no idea. Yeah. Don't, don't buy this. Titanfall, but... Do not buy this for co-op or for single player. Buy this for no. multiplayer stuff. It's basically my point. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Uh, just for one really quick comment was that there were a couple of games when we played and for some really random reason, it's like, hey, here's all the cards. You get to pick any of them for one match. And maybe something was happening <laughs> or there was some event or something that I missed, some pop-up, but I have no idea. But you're like, oh, I've got all these cool powers. And they take them away from you on the next one. You're like, huh, bastards. <laughs> jetpacking around <laughs> the map being like, yeah, I finally unlocked the jetpack. And it's like, no, you've got <laughs> 10 levels to go, fucker. So, yeah, that was weird, me, but... Final thing for me is just that there is a decent mixture of achievements if you're into that. Like They, they put some thought into them. There's a good variation of... You know, it makes you want to play all the different modes, makes you want to try all the different guns. The achievements work as an achievement system should to make you get more out of the game than you would have without it. It doesn't just reward you for stuff you were going to do anyway. So yeah. I really liked that from my perspective on the Xbox. Um, yeah. Obviously on Origin, I couldn't give a shit, but on the Xbox... <laughs> They're not really I care. No. <laughs> cool. So we always ask two questions at the end of each show. And that's, would we play it again? And would we recommend it? Ben, would you like to kick it off? I'm, I'm going to be slightly controversial on this because obviously Star Wars Battlefront 2 is coming up. So would mm. I play this again? Fuck no. Why would I? It's two <laughs> years old. Like, why would I? Um, but I would definitely like to play it again. And I'm hoping to convince you to buy it on Xbox One rather Ooh. than PlayStation 4. I say Xbox One, it'll be Xbox One X for me because uh, I want to play this in 4K. But uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to convince you that you'll, you'll, you'll get it on the Xbox platform so we can actually play it and maybe maybe even review it again. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't play the original again. I think it's good. If you've got EA Origin Access, you've got it for free, then, you know, shits and giggles, download it, play it for a few hours. It's still good. Um, I played it just recently on PC and absolutely loved it still. So it's worth playing, but obviously you're going to play the sequel now if you don't yeah. play anything comes out in november i think yeah yeah no I, I think i have a very similar opinion i mean slightly more favorable i i wouldn't mind just playing it for the odd hour or two again uh, and i might just pick a couple more hours up before the sequel comes out but yeah obviously when the sequel does come out i guess this is going to be fairly dead in the water unfortunately you know so i mean we're we're a bit late reviewing this game but we just wanted to get in because the new one's coming out and the, the hype is coming back a bit for us so uh, <laughs> um but yeah i mean it is fun i i can kind of recommend it it's just like you say with the new one coming out i wouldn't i wouldn't buy it at a very high price but if you've got ea access or origin access then definitely just download it i mean even just to yeah. see the gorgeous graphics and have a bit of an experience to to warm you up for the sequel fluff you for the sequel then uh, <laughs> then that yeah it's worth it for that and it is a good experience so yeah but Agreed. not that much life left in it so anyway thanks for listening you can check out more of our episodes on our website www.connectingtohost.co.uk 
and we have a whole bunch of previous shows that you can go and listen to now from Titanfall 2 to Don't Starve Together so go check those out um, hit us up on Twitter if you have any feedback or want us to pick up a specific game for a future show and um, please 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 if you like the show then head over to iTunes and leave us a review thanks ever so much for listening